On 11-16, SEN, the Four Diegos. Bob Roos has tried to flick on. Oh. Hint of a handball, not whistle. Bozanic, long screamer. Goal! Oli Bozanic! That might answer a few questions. It's 1-0 victory. Great pressure for Melbourne victory, and they lead. Bob Roos is in. Back heel, nobody there. I think that hit Finkler's hand. He fired, still going. Bozanic, there's a goal! Ali Bozanic, go figure! He's made it 2-0. Was a real mess of a play around the area and somehow the ball ended up still losing. Bozanic counts. Victory 2, Wanderers nil. There you go. Welcome to the Four Diego's final whistle on a big night for Melbourne victory. Thanks to Ed White, Grant Brebner and JP Howcroft, the SEN call team. Another fine job, gentlemen. Um, enjoy your trip back home and uh, big night. Melbourne victory 2-0 over Western Sydney Wanderers. And as you heard, Oli Bozanich scored both goals in the third and the 66th minute. Amy Park was the venue in front of 20,097 people. Excellent stuff. But it is the final whistle. Rodrigo Rodriguez with you. And Warren Diego, you're in the house as well. Welcome Yeah, thanks. Good Friday. Yeah, thanks, Rodrigo. Couldn't think of any... Two more pe- special people I'd like to spend the <laughs> evening with yeah. on Easter Friday. Mm. No, oh, good Friday, yeah, Easter good, weekend. Good Friday, it's just yeah. It's triple time. It's been right? an outstanding day for myself personally. And um, oh, oh, What's happened? Well, you know, <laughs> notionally it was a day off. <laughs> no, no, it wasn't. But um, I was involved in the in the Royal Children's oh, Hospital yeah. appeal mm-hmm. today with um, the good folks at the Werribee CFA. And I just had a call just before. And mm-hmm. thanks to the, the great volunteers and a few of the students I teach during the day and uh, a few other staff members. Um, Mr. Werribee, he'll know who he is. Mr. Werribee? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Sean's his name. We'll come back to that, but we'll say good day to Carlos Alberto. Yes. Hello, Rodrigo. How are you going? Yeah, good, good to have I'm, you. I'm glad that you're just raising money with the Werribee CFA and not yep. fighting fires with them. No, no, no. I w- mind you, you do go into a CFA, you know, building as and you see the all the um, you see all the fire uniforms there, mm. and there's a sense that you actually feel like you want to try it on and you, ride you, on the do back. Do you actually of the truck. play up and down that no, there's pole? No, I was pole? looking for the pole, <laughs> yeah. and I couldn't find the pole. Yeah, and um, yeah, but seventy nine thousand the um, oh, wow. the That's local awesome. Werribee CFA Fantastic. Fantastic. raised today, and, and look, it's a great feeling to go out with a whole lot of different members of the community. There are hundreds of people raising money today, and. Whether it would be for the Royal Children's Hospital or whether it be for, you know, bushfire appeals or whatever, it gives you a real strong sense of a great community feel still exists out there. So I don't know what the, the, the I think the total is up around $10 million or $12 million. And well, it's $12.5 and a half million. Hmm. And uh, a big shout out to the guys at the Werribee CFA because they promised they were li- they're going to listen tonight. So, um, and, and, there was, and it's a big handicap having you in their team raising money too. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Now, as far as the courage threshold of Warren, it stops at collecting money, <laughs> That's doesn't right. it? Finding no, no. I actually, without big noting myself, oh, well, I think I had. I think I think there's a bit of a, about a two and a half percent bonus just for the fact that I was celebrating around the streets. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. When I said, oh, when I went up to a couple of doors and said, uh, "Warren Diego from the Four Diegos," yeah, 
They said, who? 50 bucks, <laughs> just bang. Yeah. yeah. Yep. yep. Mm, I felt sorry for you. Anyway, no Vinnie Venezuela tonight because it's Consuela Venezuela's birthday. birthday. So happy birthday to Consuela tonight. Um, hope you have a great evening uh, at, the, at the Venezuela household. Um, so, Vinnie, we're back on Wednesday. <laughs> on Monday. On, on Monday, of, yes, course. of course. Gee, Carlos. We're on a lot at the Easter moment. The, Monday, fi- yeah. the final whistle is happening. It's the prime time, too. Yeah. Prime time. <laughs> it is uh, Good Friday final whistle here on the Fort Diego, so make sure you give us a call, 9429 What's the hotline we're going with tonight? After uh, the performance tonight with the Melbourne Victory Boys, uh, not clear, clear dominant winners, but they the guts and determination... Uh, of their performance, 2-0 victory, and they really fought it out right to the end. It was, a, it was one of those games where Muskie said through the, out the whole week he's looking for a reaction. Well, he got the reaction. Down and dirty. You'll give the scoreline in a minute. So it's a guts and determination hotline, 94291116. Give us a ring on the G&D hotline. hotline. <laughs> 94291116 or 04339811116. We'd love to hear from you tonight. Vinny's not here. Um and uh, so we want the fourth Diego in tonight, yes. and make that be you nine four two nine eleven sixteen. Warren, you know what I'm going to say? What are and you going to say? This is a. I feel vindicated tonight because, <laughs> as a Melbourne City fan, mm-hmm. I actually had more faith in Melbourne Victory than the Melbourne Victory fans had themselves. They pretty much deserted their team last week, and I'm not making it up. They did. I'm not. on the weight of text messages and phone calls that we had last week. They had deserted their team. Don't you speak? In what way? You were they... on. You were on Plan B Airlines last week. <laughs> no, no, Public Public Airlines. Yep. And I'm saying here, did, they deserted their team. How did they desert their team? Well, they thought Just they a... were no. They didn't think they'd make the finals. <laughs> they thought they were poor. You're speaking for every one of their twenty-seven thousand members plus other absolutely, non-members? absolutely. And I was the oracle. Remember, I said at the start of the season, I said it. Now, they were the best team in A-League history. <laughs> and you know what? If they weren't the best team in A-League history, they wouldn't have got a performance like that tonight because they found, Carlos, they found Warren, what they needed. From the moment you said that, they've played 17 games and only won four. In the last eight, they've won yep. one. Yep. Last nine, now two. Yep. Mm. So they're scraping in. You're just hopeful they're oh. going to cause some damage. And they might be one of these teams that might create history. You know, but... There's other things to talk about too. Players want there's want away players, want away want players away. Who, going have, away. who have actually going away, the, Carlos. They've announced that they're going to go. What reaction or what response is going to come out of the change room? Well, we saw it tonight. Which I is heard a rumor. I heard a rumor that you know how when there's negative articles written in the press and it gets posted up yep. in the locker room. I heard that the audio of my criticism of the Melbourne Victory got played on yeah, loop yeah. during the week. Apparently, it's a podcast. They, they download it, and everyone gets it on their little iPod. You know those big headphones? They when they walk out of the the, the buses with the big headphones, yep. and they've got the big you know with beatboxes and yeah. things. Well, apparently, that's the only thing that they hear in the pre. No, game. Uh, in all seriousness, and I I do try to be serious from time to time. Yep. I think the Victory performance-wise, they weren't flash. But in terms of you having any doubt that the players wanted to find for each other, and it's not Absolutely. always the coach, yep. it's each other. Well, let's let's hear how some yep. of the fans are feeling about Melbourne victory after their two nil victory over Western Sydney Wanderers. We'll talk about the Wanderers too because that's a that's a big loss to them oh, yeah. for them uh, tonight. They they open it up now, so it's really nice and uh, bundled up there in the top four um, with Melbourne City, Brisbane, and Adelaide United all within a point or two of each other. Hey, 9429-1116, it's the G&D hotline. Give us a call, 9429-1116. Let's go to Dino 
in Greenvale. Good day, Dino. Welcome to the final whistle. Yeah, good day, boys. Uh, a couple of points, first of all. Um, mate, that's Rich coming from a city supporter talking about deserting your team. You want to talk about deserting your team? Look at Friday night. On you, Dino. thousand people at Amy Park. That's oh. deserting your team, mate. Now, no, Dino, just Dino. for those people who've listened to us for the first time, you're pointing the finger fairly and squarely at who? At, at the bloke that just... Yeah, Warren. There. Yeah, that's how well Dino, he's Warren. Dino, I'm going to say... Seven and a half thousand is disgusting Dino, on Friday. And, that's can an, you, and Dino, that's an inflated figure too, by the Dino, way. Dino, can you do me a favour? And uh, That's fair. You do me a favour and you talk about your team and why they were so good tonight. Don't... Don't hop on the radio and bag Melbourne City for a crowd of seven and a half thousand. Hop on the radio, Tell me Dino, about and your team Warren. tonight. One at a time, boys. You can hop on the radio and bag Warren if you like, but go ahead, Dino. Tell us how good your boys were tonight. Look, we, uh, coming back from the last few weeks, it's great just to see us back in the winner's circle. It's good to see Ollie score a couple of goals. I thought the enthusiasm was fantastic. And um, now we're, we're a team that, that's very dangerous, especially coming from the, that bottom half of the, uh, the bottom half of the six. In the finals, we could do anything, so we could go all the way with this for sure. Do you know the announcement this week? Guy Finkler going, and then of course Costa Barbarousas a couple of weeks ago announced he's going. They're both going to the Phoenix. Does that concern you, or is that just part of pro football uh, these days? Look, it's part. It's, it is part of pro football. Finkler's not too much of a loss. I think he's just too slow, and, and he's just getting a little bit on the on the wrong side of twenty now. So, I think. Costa is going to be a big loss, but you can see why he wanted to go to be, be home with. But it's all about our, our recruitment at the moment. So we'll see who we get in the off-season. But Finkler's definitely not a loss. I think even if he wasn't out of contract, we would have probably tried to get rid of him at the end of the season. Good on you, Dino. Uh, great thoughts and a great start, too, to that call. So uh, <laughs> thanks for your call, is Dino in Greenvale. Uh, very happy, very happy about uh, Melbourne victory, as you should I t- be. Can I say something? Of course, you're on radio. I actually want we ask you to victory, say something. I want the victory fans to be less preoccupied with Melbourne City and more occupied with their own team because in the end everything they say about Melbourne City in terms of crowd and we know that's all right. I'd just say to Melbourne Victory fans, if Melbourne City were the first team in Melbourne, <laughs> they'd be getting seven and a half. Thousand. I'm giving license to the callers yep. to direct their bile at Warren if they'd like to. Well, let's go to Norrie, who's on the road, and nine four two nine eleven sixteen wants to talk about the victory, or maybe even Warren. G'day, Norrie. Welcome to the final whistle. Hi, how are you? Good. I thought I thought Melbourne Phoenix was terrific today. <laughs> <laughs> very good, very I, very um, good. I thought like last week. Is this Ernie Merrick, by the way? Sorry. <laughs> yeah, I know. Actually, it was very close for me. Last week was the trip. It was the worst I've ever seen. Um, we were so bad. And yet this week, I, I heard you saying before it was like more guts. It was actually good scale. We played very well against a very, very good team. And look, okay, we're losing some players, but we'll get some players back. I'll go over and get Royas for us and make sure he mm. comes back to us. And uh, we'll get Milligan back. But, look, we will be dangerous in the finals because if we play like that tonight, we can beat anybody. Yeah, great points there, Nori. I think uh, yeah, interesting because I was thinking today, whatever happened to Marcus Rojas? I know he's had some injury, injury problems in Germany. I'm, I'm pretty sure he's been loaned out from Stuttgart or he's moved somewhere else. So uh, he might be a, a little bit of a boon recruit for them. But really, when you've been out of... 
out of uh, out of sight, out of mind as, as long as he has, it might be difficult for him to come back. But we saw Milligan last night. He looked good when he came on with Socceroos. They're two good replacements. And I, I tend to agree with the callers that, that you know, Costa Barbaros is fantastic. Guy Flinker on his day has been fantastic, especially with set pieces. Uh, but, uh, but, you know, I don't think they'll be irreplaceable if, uh, oh, if no. you know, when, when it's time to, to get other players... Um, you know, to, to come in in place of them. Yeah, no, cl- clearly Guy Finkler wasn't happy, you know. And, yeah. And so the fact that they've announced the fact that he is leaving might just, you know, release the shackles but, a little bit, Yeah, but Carlos, Yeah, that's true. And know? they could be doing – there yeah. was some some serious hugging going on before There's the game. There's a weight on his shoulders no, and on the, but, on the but, other players. I, I watched – of course, they've got the cameras in the, uh, the change rooms before the game and there were some serious man hugs going on. They were doing it for each other tonight. Good. And they put everything aside, you could tell, and they were doing it for each other, which was terrific. Yeah, thanks for your call, Nori. I'd only temper Melbourne Victory fans to say – it's only their second win in nine games or so. So as much as there was a turnaround this evening, <laughs> yeah, turnaround. Fifth, yeah, fifth in 17. Fifth win in 17, second in the last seven or eight. It's, it's a significant move forward. But I think to go from the performance tonight being to being dangerous in the finals, bearing in mind there's, a, there's probably still a mathematical chance they could finish top two with beating the Wanderers tonight, but... They're on 37, and I think the leading There's team no, is on... There is no chance of them So they've got to go away to... from home. Their away well, form's Wellington been... Wellington and then Brisbane Raw. Yeah, they're, they're away, yeah, their away form's been really ordinary this season. So, good step forward. I think their best chance is to probably have an away game against Melbourne City in the finals, and then they'd be legitimately dangerous on their form. Good points. Mm, thank you. 9429 Give us a call on the Guts and Determination hotline. Richo is on the road. G'day, Richo. Welcome to the Diego's. Hey, how's it going? Yeah, good, mate. You happy? Uh, yeah, I'm good. pretty happy. Excellent. What 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 I, did you like about tonight, mate? I just wanted to say the man who's been in the shadows <laughs> ever since Mitch Langerak, Lawrence Thomas, mm. needs needs that game time every day. Magnificent tonight, Richo. Uh, there was a double save. And just love oh, keepers, yeah, the double saves. Yep. I was kind of hoping he'd put a triple save. It could have actually been a triple save <laughs> if it wasn't for one of the defenders putting their, their foot in the way. Uh, he was magnificent tonight. And as much as, you know, the team spirit was all about the team tonight and all about the team spirit, I uh, felt Danny Vukovic suddenly found himself being the established second the second uh, string keeper tonight because Lawrence Thomas has come in, was very, very good last week and did a very good job this week. Richo, as a tribute to uh, Lawrence Thomas, let's have a listen to that. Jamison into Mitch Nichols. Thomas slides. Here's a shot blocked again by Thomas. Superhuman effort by Lawrence Thomas. At least twice he kept the Wanderers from scoring. There you go. He was fantastic in that. He was good all night. So he's a bit of, you know, he's talking to his players, you know, his, his distribution was was okay, but, yeah. but um, yeah, very assured, very assured tonight. Uh, uh, good call there, Richo. Thanks for that. Let's go to Con, who's on the road on 942-911-16, wants to have a chat about the victory tonight. G'day, Con. Good evening, guys. How are you? Very well, thank you. Yeah, I, it was great to see the performance tonight. But the thing that concerns me is how do we go from a game last week against the Jets and to the performance tonight. That's the really hot and cold theme. And they pulled together tonight. It was fantastic to watch. But last week was, I reckon, one of the worst games I've seen victory play in the last four years. Yeah, Con, I, I, think, uh, I think they had to really lift tonight and the spirit was there. But 
you know, if you look at the data, though, and I like to look at the oh, data. Yeah. Oh, that's it. And, and no, at it's the only missing thing between it, you, you yeah. and yeah. Data. At various times through the game, data. I mean, West Sydney Wanderers <laughs> had 70% of the possession and the victory had, you know, 30% or less some, at some stages through the game. So let's not... I mean, it wasn't champagne football they played. They had to dig themselves out of a hole, and that's what they that's what they did. So they defended like lions, uh, but often their outlet passes what you know they were either getting that closed down and uh, gave the ball away to West Sydney Wanderers. It happened a lot in the in the first half with a large portion of the time uh, before victory came back into the game just before half time. So they've still got a lot of work to do. But geez, if they show that spirit and their quality, at least it gets them. In the run of games. They, now they've got two more games before the finals. If they can keep up that spirit, you never know, by the finals, they might start playing some of their premiership best football rather than survival-type football or the, the football they had to play tonight against, it. like one of our callers said, a very good West Sydney Wanderers team. Thanks for your call there, Con. Yeah, I think having a week without travel, you know, some, the, some an opportunity to train, that probably makes a real difference in terms of how you can prepare for a team. So I think... Kevin Musket will be downplaying it, I think, publicly and saying, you know, it's one game. It's what we expect. It's what we expect, mm. you know, because they are an institution in this city and their their president said that after the he game. Did. He did. And they are, there's no doubt. And the competition, the finals would be less if they didn't make it. And we want every team making it feeling like they can win it. And there's no doubt if the switch is is turned on for the victory and they can find something in the next couple of games, they'll go into the finals on the back of three wins, say, That's right. and feel like they can win it. There's and, no and doubt about it. They've, they've been down for so long. On, when I say down, I mean, they haven't got the results. Up until, I think, Brisbane Raw was the game where it all really fell apart. And it was so, so disappointing for Kevin Musket and also also Newcastle Jets. Out of the, you know, the last eight or nine games, they're the two games that were most, most disappointing, I think. And they had to lift from that. So... If they start just getting a little bit better, a little bit better in, over the next two games, make the finals, what they've got to win, to win the grand final, they've got to win three games, don't they? That's it. That's all it is. It's a sprint. So there's no reason why this team can't do it. But on the, on the basis of they play tonight, you can't be super confident, but it doesn't mean that they can't switch that on later on. And Absolutely. Go ahead. I was going to say, the story, that I've, thanks to our caller, Matt, then, was no, it? No, no, we've got Matt oh, just we got waiting. Matt. So no, just was, quickly, quickly. I was just going to say that, I think the worrying thing for me is that the Wanderers are starting to be a team that plays really nice football, but struggles to put the ball in the back of the net on the back of the position that they have. And, you know, Bridge played tonight. Santalab's not, never probably going to play a full game. So on the back of victory coming into form, you might have a Western Sydney Wanderers that is probably going to finish top two that you're going to say... Are they going to score enough goals to actually they really will. trouble us? They will. Victory just defended really well tonight. By the way, just a uh, text message from what, uh, from Serge from Lilydale. I, I actually mentioned that the uh, possession rate at say, at stages during the game was 70% to 30. Uh, the end uh, percentage, as Serge points out, was 53%. West Sydney Wanderers to 47% because Victory came much back, much, much more back into the game in the second half. But there were uh, there was about a 10, 15-minute block 20 minute block in the first half where they just couldn't get the ball and that's where the facts that's where the the stats were 70 to 30 it's at that all point. about the data carlos absolutely and that's data. straight you from got fox that sports. wrong data you got straight, that data wrong straight from fox sports thanks for correcting him on the um on the sms <laughs> even angie and lilydale uh, made that point let's go to matt on the road before we go to the break g'day matt w- welcome to the four diego's final whistle g'day guys um i've been very frustrated for the past few weeks but tonight obviously made me very happy 
However, I'm still a realist. And there, to me, seems to be one major problem with our team at the moment, and that's that our young guys aren't getting consistent football when I believe one, not that my opinion means anything, but that I believe they should. Notably, Thomas Deng. Now, I don't know if he was injured or not tonight, but I just think our back two with him and Del Pierre, like Del Pierre is an invaluable source of, of knowledge and experience for him, and I have a real issue with Broxham in our starting 11. Now, I know he's the captain at the moment and everything, but he's versatile. And in world football, if you're versatile, it means that someone's better in your position. So we've got Cristiano Ronaldo's not versatile because there's no one who's better on the right wing than, or left wing than he is. Whereas Broxham, there's someone better in every position in our team than he is. I just think Deng should be playing back there and using Del Pierre while we still have him to gain and build that experience. Yeah, it's an interesting point, Matt. I think tonight was more than just about talent. I think Kevin Musket wanted to play, you know, guys that he knew were going to be really gritty and give. And Broxham, for all his, you know, maybe perceived weaknesses, he's going to be a guy that's going to give you a really combative, hard-nosed performance from the very start. And that's what Musket wanted today more than you know, pretty football or more skilled players in those positions. I think you're right. Broxham shouldn't be playing in central defence. And whether it be Ansel, whether it be Deng, whether it be um, Garriott, there's a whole number of players ahead of him. But tonight it was about being hard, compact and difficult to break down. And, and Broxham does give you that. And look, Thomas Deng is a player of the future for Melbourne Victory. Kevin Muscat loves him. From the time he played him in the FFA Cup, uh, in the preseason games, and uh, and also he gave me he couldn't wait to give me his opportunity a big derby I think it was uh, at Eddie Head Stadium early in the season. Uh, the boy has been fantastic, really impressive, especially with ball at feet. His cleanliness, cleanliness coming out of the back, and uh, the simplicity of his ball forward is fantastic. He has made a couple of errors though uh, along the way, and I think there was one error from memory last week that led to a Newcastle goal or a couple of chances for Newcastle. And look, like Warren said, I think they just needed just people who were going to get the job done. That's all you need right now. But Thomas Deng is a centre-half for the future. And I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be surprised if he is the, you know, established as a, as a central defender in that team from next season onwards. He's a very good player, Carlos. I totally agree. A 942-911-16. It is the Guts and Determination hotline tonight because Melbourne Victory defeated Western Sydney Wanderers 2-0 at Amy Park in front of 20,097 people on a good Friday night. And this is the Diego's final whistle on 1116 SEN, Melbourne's home of sport. On 1116 SEN, the Four Diego's. Thanks for joining us on this Good Friday. I hope you've had a good, relaxing day. Uh, you watched the football and uh, saw Melbourne victory defeat uh, Western City Wanderers 2-0. Bozanich scored in the third minute and the 66th minute uh, at Amy Park in front of 20,097. Pretty good crowd. Um, kind of indicates the Good Friday um, no doubt. event. Until be, the AFL have They'll it. probably be going head-to-head <laughs> yeah. head with the AFL uh, next course, season. While, while the, I'm glad the A-Leagues claimed it. Uh, but other sports you watch, they'll justify getting in on Good Friday too. And look, sport's important today, but there's lots of other things mm, that are important, right. Rodrigo. And of course, the institution that's outlived football and everything is the Royal Children's Hospital Appeal. And we're up to 12550067 There was actually 78 cents before. You know I don't what? know. Somebody must have chucked in some <laughs> copper coins. You know what? It's changing. It's, I reckon it's gone up by about a million, a million dollars just overnight. as you've spoken. And can I say, and I said this at the start of the show, but 
just great to be involved with the people down at the uh, Werribee Seafair. I think they're the largest, I don't know whether you call it a branch, but the collection of people in, it's not a club. Don't we call it a branch. But, but um, you know, <laughs> the biggest one apparently in the world and the people down there today, 79,000, was just great to be involved. You know, people in the kitchen, people everywhere. Good people in Werribee, Rodrigo. You should come down across the. <laughs> you should get across the river from time to yeah, time. From the leafy. Come subject. down, yep. and actually, you'll you'll get a sense of what community is about. And to mm. the to the sheriff of Werribee, who also calls himself the king and everything else, it's good to be involved in yep. such a good a good appeal. And as I said, Rodrigo, come down to Werribee oh, no, every so to. often. Because there's no such. Me and you will go to the CFA. We'll try on the gear, get in the back of the truck, mm. and you know, do something good for the community. Do I need my passport? <laughs> Actually, you know, we only allow quality people in the across the suburbs, bridge. Because there's no such thing as community. He doesn't no, know, no, does he, no, no. Carlos? He doesn't know about the West, Rodrigo. Actually, I should come over to you, Rodrigo, and just check out what trees are like. <laughs> you don't have CFA in your yeah, area, do lovely. you? They separate the neighbours beautifully, yeah, Carlos. Earthy, <laughs> earthy, down-to-earth, but, you know, down-to-earth people who yep. give their time. Yeah. You no, know, no, like I've, I did I've, today. I've actually always wanted to go to Werribee. You should come. No, no, I will. Mm. I will. I'd we'll get an to. invite from the local CFA yeah, branch. They'll let you, to. you know, ring the, ring the bell. Yep. and everything like that. And the, the, the big cheerio to the Werribee <laughs> Soccer Club, the uh, the Italian Soccer yep. Club, Italian uh, Social Club, and the Soccer Club. Great there. club. Now NPL one. They were yep. riding high for many years in the NPL, but uh, a big cheerio out to the Werribee boys out there. All right, good, good stuff. And it is now thirteen million five hundred and nineteen thousand four hundred and sixteen dollars and sixty eight. I think they've raised in the time they've raised something like five hundred million bucks, you yeah. know, in the time that they've been doing it, which is amazing. Okay. Amazing. Okay. Excellent. Uh, nine four two nine eleven sixteen. Give us a call. It is the Guts and Determination Hotline or zero four double three ninety eight. 11-16. It was a very interesting game tonight. We thought Melbourne victory um, really had showed that guts and determination that uh, Kevin Musk had asked for, and they uh, responded really, really well. Let's go to some of the text messages from Kane in Frankston. It's really noticeable that victory struggles against poor teams. They drag the victory down, and that's why there is such a difference between this week and last, Kane yeah, in Frankston. Yeah, but Brisbane Raw is not what I call a poor team, and they, Melbourne victory were very poor a couple of weeks ago. So um, whether it's fatigue, I sort of had a look at as I said, up until this week, they had won one out of eight. So I had a look at the ones, the, the lead in, and they've had a couple of Champions League games in amongst that. And they were actually very competitive and a little bit unlucky with some of the games where they didn't get results up until the Brisbane game. They were deplorable against Brisbane, not much better against Newcastle Jets. And I'm wondering whether the fatigue eventually got to them, but also the psychology. Uh, but they all lifted today, and that's a sign of a fantastic team, and they'll come good. They needed that game. They fought hard tonight. They got what they needed. And I want to talk about Oli Bazanic, hmm. the much-maligned Oli Bazanic. Of course, uh, he's one player who people have been questioning. I know Michael Lynch wrote an article in The Age where he questioned nearly every, <laughs> every A-League player uh, for Melbourne victory, but uh, he certainly pointed the finger at uh, Oli Bazanic because he's a marquee player. And really, I've been expecting more from Oli. He's had his moments this season, but played a lot of ineffective type football, but tonight he made it happen with two you know, pretty good goals. I think the, the first one, uh, Liam Reddy would probably uh, think that he made a little bit of a mistake not getting down to it early enough, but you know, you have to have a shot and uh, you hope for the best and it goes in. The no, second one he made happen uh, in traffic, got the toe poke in and uh, got that. And scoring two goals, I really hope now that he can get to the level that I know he can play at, having seen him in uh, Brazil when he came on against... Uh, 
Holland for the Socceroos. He was fantastic. I want to see him do that. And as he was when he was at Central Coast Mariners before he went overseas to get his overseas contract, I thought he's a great player. He needs to reach that level to be compared at all with Mark Milligan. Yeah, the second um, goal showed a lot of desperation. And look, Carl Valeri did the warm-up tonight before the start of the game. And even though there was a sense that he was possibly ruled out, they're still not giving up on his season, maybe next week or the week after, probably coming off the bench. So He had a full week of uh, intense training the last timing, week. The timing seems oh, to be good for victory, really, for he'll sure. Be, he'll be in the squad next week. You watch. Well, the Chris uh, in Point Cook, Warren, um, says, do you think Valeri being back at training boosted the boys? Well, oh, for sure. Possibly, for absolutely. sure. I mean, I just think the spotlight was on everyone. And uh, as Kevin Musket said in the pregame interview with the Fox Sports boys, um, he said, "Listen, no position is no one's position is safe here," and um, and I think he was even questioning himself. So, you know, not that they, not that he can, you know, demote himself, but the thing is, he's not absolving himself of any responsibility. So, everyone was on notice. Uh, you know, Negro came on again today. Yeah. Stefan Negro played, I think, played really well. He was almost best on ground the first game he played against Brisbane many, many weeks ago. It's good that you're allowed, you can bring those young boys in. They can do a job. And, you know, Galloway was dropped. Uh, Georgievsky came back on. You've just got to throw things around and see what the mix is. And uh, we got a lot more out of Barisha tonight. I think Barisha, uh, when I say a lot more, he's been terrific in in. Uh, in goal scoring numbers. He's a bit angrier tonight, Carlos. Uh, I like it when he's angry. I like it when he throws himself around. I like him when he remonstrates and, and he's in the referee's face and he's under people's faces. He's, uh, he's having to go at the assist. I like it when he's like that because he lifts everyone else yeah, no, when he does it, that. It was good to see. I think um, when you're on Andy Marsh show, uh, Carlos, you said you wanted him he's to... He's got to pick a fight. Pick a fight. Yeah, I want him to pick fights. Well, okay? That's a now, really good thing to say, he, isn't it? He really... Just all the little kiddies so out there, there are time to pick fights. <laughs> no, there's, not, oh. there's no time to pick oh. fights to little kiddies. There's never time to pick fights. Now, can you just, everyone in cars, just cover the little kitty's ears to the adults. He should pick a fight, right? <laughs> yeah. Because when he does, he never takes any food. He never gets sent oh, off. Or, well, he really gets sent off. He takes it to a point, but he does fire everyone up. And he actually sends, uh, you know, he really does trouble defenders who, uh, who don't like it when they've got a, a robust combative type forward who can score. You know, a, a bloke who likes a physicality like uh, Barisha uh, you want, from a from a teammate's point of view, you want him to explode. From a defender uh, or an opposition's point of view, you want him to stay subdued. And that's where I think he's played subdued football this year, even though he's scored 16 goals. Absolutely. He was uh, very good tonight again. Hey, boys, um, Con in Richmond basically says what we were talking about. Negro is a star of the future. He, he was very good tonight again. Broxham is a liability at centre-back. He constantly gives the ball away and nearly cost us a goal tonight. That's Sam in Port Melbourne. You know, people are tough. You know, I tell you what, you know, people are really tough with Lee Broxman. But I tell you, if you sit down with uh, Kevin Musket, even in his championship winning team when they won everything last year, Lee Broxham would have been the, one of the first picked. When he was he's playing w- on Emil Heskey, people were yeah. lauding performance. Yeah. And yeah. can I say, we had a caller early on saying about the fact that Thomas Deng didn't get a place. Well, Negro played. So yeah. in the midst of making changes... Kevin Muskett's maintained that really strong philosophy of promoting young players from within and giving them a taste, yep. and they rarely, they rarely let him down. Those people who who do have a go at Lee Broxham, and I can see he's not he's not a fashionable player. He's unfashionable the way like he goes yourself, about Carlos? it. Like yourself, Carlos. Yes, a very unfashionable, buffeting centre half. Hack I was, uh, couldn't do anything except for head the ball. And that's why. I'm going to have so some memory issues later on down the track. <laughs> uh, the, Stats the, aren't going to do Lee, you A lot of then. people, you know, whoever you speak to, talk, they question the place of Lee Broxham. 
but he's captain of that side. And he gets picked first by Kevin Musket. Now, Kevin Musket wouldn't be doing it because he just loves the guy because he's a great guy. He'd be picking him for all the things we can't see or people can't see out there. He is an asset to that team, but not probably the way you might see a, a, you know, a Finkler or a Barbarousas or a Barisha. You, every team needs a player like that. I call them glue players. For the type of performance they need, as yeah. and Warren said it before, yeah. he, he is the guy you Perfect. have in your team. Perfect. I mean, absolutely. But anyway, so... But, you know, he's always divided opinion, and uh, your opinion is your opinion, and that's why we're, uh, we like to talk yeah. to you. Nine four two nine eleven sixteen. Give us a call on the Guts and Determination hotline. Let's just put the game aside for a little while, because Marcus in South Melbourne wants to... Uh, has called us and wants to have a a chat about the passing of a great man of our game, Johan yep. Cruyff. Uh, g'day, Marcus. Welcome to the Diego's. Good evening, gentlemen. How are you? How's all the listeners? Yeah, well, yeah, well I, we hope the four or five of them are pretty good. No, there's <laughs> 400 or so. He's talking about uh, 100 grand, 100,000. Yes, yeah, yeah. I'm sure there's more than them, but there was a bit of a pull over the game for all world game lovers today because... Uh, in my opinion, the greatest player ever passed away last night. And uh, Johan Cruyff, you know, three times Ballon d'Or, golden boot for Europe. The man who invented Barcelona football, because as a lot of the listeners will realise, Barcelona wasn't going anywhere till he took over as manager. And his time at Ajax, when they were winning, you know, to imagine Dutch clubs as European champions and... Mr. Total Football, I don't know. I'd just like to know what you think. I I grew up as a kid and I was absolutely glued to that 78 World Cup final yep. when Argentina played Holland and that was probably the best football match I ever watched. Maybe not the most exciting World Cup final, but that was just something I saw as a young kid and thought, wow. Well, I remember, Marcus, uh, as a really young kid watching my first World Cup, uh, 1974. And, uh, you were 15, 16 then? <laughs> no, I was, I, I, how old was I? Maybe yeah. eight years old or something like that. And uh, 1974 and watching, of course, the Socceroos were the big thing for me, you know, hoping that Socceroos would win a World Cup back when I was eight, <laughs> not understanding about the uh, where we were in the, in, you know, in the status of world football. But, uh, you know, Johan Cruyff, I, I remember seeing the Cruyff turn for the first time, and thinking, wow, what skill that was. Now, every kid can do this right now because of what he did. Um, I remember that World Cup final where, you know, Germany won it eventually, but in the first minutes, uh, Johan Cruyff, you know, drove into the penalty area, earned a, a penalty, and, uh, of course, uh, Holland went 1-0 up. Uh, but in that World Cup, you know, he even says himself, people remember... Holland's performance, the way they played football through that World Cup and the whole idea of total football compared to Germany. But, you know, one of my big regrets in life is that I, I never, ever got to hear Johan Cruyff talk about football live. I would have loved to have been in the room because apparently he did go around and talk to, you know, many, uh, you know, underdeveloped football countries around the world and uh, just put on conferences and talk to him about what he thought about football. And and I know that there's uh, just some uh, people who are running, you know, disability football groups and blind football groups in, in Malaysia who had a really close relationship. And he ever broadcast what he did for those people. But they, they, they built facilities with the support of Johan Cruyff in Malaysia for disability football and for blind football. So it's not only the, the total football and you know, the fact that he changed football and he really made us think about football, but also what he did for the underprivileged in football, uh, which not many people talk about. I was... um listening to Gary Lineker talk about uh, Johan Cruyff today. And um, 
Lineker was coached by Cruyff at Barcelona, and he said it's rare that the that a player changes the game as much as he does as a player. And I think he's definitely known as the best player, certainly in Europe. There's no question about that. The best European football ever. But to be such influential, so influential as a player, and then to be as influential, if not more influential as a coach, he's perhaps the yep. only player in the game ever that's done it both as a player and as a coach. Certainly the other greats. And France, Messi, no, France, France Beckenbauer. But I don't know whether Beckenbauer is at the same level as Cruyff in terms of what he's done as a coach. Oh, yeah. No, he, he won World Cup. He did, but... We'll argue about that later. <laughs> you know, look, we can argue, we, look, we um, really appreciate your call, Marcus. Great memories. And um, we're definitely going to um, talk about uh, the passing of Johan Cruyff and celebrate his career and life. And uh, we can continue to do that um, in the next hour especially because, um, you know, and we'll take your calls, 942-911-16. What were your memories of Johan Cruyff and uh, that era of football and the impact that he's had on our game? So, uh, Vale, Johan Cruyff. And uh, let's take a break now and come back with uh, more of the Diego's on 1116 SEN, Melbourne's home of sport. Argentina's biggest and best supported club, Boca Juniors, were founded in 1905 by an Irishman named Patrick McCarthy and a group of Italian immigrants. The founding members, unable to decide what colours to play in, chose to adopt the national colours of the next ship to sail up the River Plate. The boat was Swedish, hence Boca's strip of blue and yellow. This has been a useless trivia moment by the Four Diegos. On 1116 SEN, the Four Diegos. Thanks for joining us tonight on the final whistle when uh, Melbourne Victory defeated uh, Western Sydney Wanderers 2-0 and a big, big win for Melbourne Victory. Kind of separates them from Sydney FC who go to Brisbane tomorrow. And uh, so six points ahead, Melbourne Victory at the moment. So Sydney win tomorrow, they'll still be three ahead, but uh, they're up against Brisbane Raw. So. But from a Victory's point of view, I know Kevin Musket would say, I'm totally out of order by saying this, but you want Sydney to keep on breathing down their neck so they can be at their best right to the finals. Victory are going to get to the finals before Sydney do. There's no question. There's no way Sydney's going to bridge. Even if they win tomorrow, they're not going to bridge the gap by the finals with two more games to go. Uh, But you want Sydney putting pressure on them right to the end so they can be at their best for the finals. I still think victory, if they make the finals, can create history. It's three games only. Three games only, and one of them may well be against Melbourne City. It could be. Which is a derby that they, they won't have a problem at all lifting for. Not a problem at all. Uh, but if they've got to play away to Perth or someone like that, I mean, this is, you know, when you go playing away at Perth or playing West Sydney Wanderers, say, in Sydney, uh, they're, they're the, the ones, danger they're games the for ones you, Yeah, because they're just good. I mean, Perth, they're not a West Sydney Wanderers, but they're playing such great football at the moment, Perth, that you, you want to try and avoid them. Yeah, having Perth. Melbourne City in the finals and maybe with a very good chance of finishing top two, means that if victory win the first week of the finals, you know, and that that would be a dead set 50-50 game. No matter yeah, what it would bias, be. It would be. wherever yeah. you finished on the ladder, it's a derby to win a grand final or to make a grand final. There's no doubt victory could win that game. Yep. Give us a call on the Guts and Determination hotline tonight. That's what we're calling it after their 2-0 win tonight. Uh, 9429 Eleven sixteen or zero four double three ninety eight eleven sixteen. We've got uh, we were talking about uh, Johan Cruyff before, and uh, yeah. obviously he's passing. But uh, of course, this opens up the Pandora's box. It does, now, doesn't it, it does. And we're happy for that uh, yeah. Pandora's box to be open at some <laughs> stage tonight because we're on after eleven as well. Uh, Jr. and Ashwood for me, Cruyff and Zidane were Europe's finest. So mm. good that uh, Zidane gets a mention in in the same breath. And uh, an anonymous uh, caller here. 
uh, texter here. What about Pushkas? Yeah, there's, there's just so many. I mean, people can. I, I honestly believe it depends on what you saw. Uh, I keep on saying that there's no way in the world, in the history of world football, anyone who could have played better than Maradona did in 1986. But I was at that age where I was just enthralled yeah. by Maradona. He was just clearly the best player on the planet at that time. Uh, in a very bad Argentinian side, I've never seen a, a bad team win a World Cup. That Argentinian side was a bad team. They had Maradona, they had Valdano up front, they had Budachaka in the midfield, but Maradona was head and shoulders above everyone. He just thrilled. We had kids. I mean, we were all watching games uh, of Maradona, and then the next day, you know, had our our feet bleeding trying to practice doing what he was doing in our backyard. That's the influence Maradona had. Uh, but then people will turn around and say, "Well, I saw Pele play," mm. and my dad argues black and blue that Pele is better than Maradona. Uh, and I never saw Pele. I just seen bits and pieces of uh, of the you know 1970 World Cup, 58 when he scored some beautiful goals. Uh, but you know, I, I I just can't imagine anyone playing better than Maradona did in '86. But I'm sure. There's a heap of arguments oh, out yeah. there, heaps, heaps of data it's out the there. It's the age-old question. Yeah, I mean, Pushkas, people talk about Pushkas, right? Uh, I think it was, I don't know if it was 53 or 54 when uh, Hungary went to uh, the Wembley to play England, and everyone in England thought they were the best in the world. Everyone was talking about England being the best team in the world. Hungary went there and humbled them 6-3 at Wembley and taught them a football lesson. Pushkas was unbelievable that day. If you'd seen that, you'd probably think Pushkas was the best player ever. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, and also, who sees these guys in club football week in, week out? I mean, who would have seen? You know, uh, Pele scored a thousand goals for in his club football time. Santos, he was just a goal machine for Santos. Club football week in, week out. If you'd seen him play there, you might be saying, "Well, he was much better than Maradona." So, this is an argument that you can have. Till the cows come up. Uh, Zinedine Zidane and the other one. I mean, yeah. people talk about Zinedine Zidane at Juventus or for France, and and if you saw him week in week out, you'd be saying, how could anyone be better than that guy? So I, I love the debate, uh, but uh, you know, and the unfortunate thing is, I don't think you can ever have an answer. Where does Ronaldo, Cristiano Ronaldo, where does Lionel Messi come into all this? Oh, you know. Well. It's a big, it's a big, big question, Carlos, and, and you've just besides I mean, and, the, and the big thing that separates all those players from Johan Cruyff, which is Grant, because you know, he never won a World Cup, uh, never coached a World Cup winning team, right? But everyone says he changed the game with the way he played it, the way he coached it, and the way he talked about it. I mean, the Ajax Academy, the Barcelona Academy, all because of Johan Cruyff. Now Maradona does can't claim that. Uh, Ronaldo can't claim that. In fact, he was—he may have been a, a beneficiary of that. Lionel Messi can't claim that. He's obviously a, a beneficiary of that. Pelé uh, probably didn't change the way the game was played. Uh, Johan Cruyff can claim that, and that's what probably separates him with everyone else. Absolutely. <laughs> Besides Cristiano Ronaldo to Lionel Messi, do you think the greats worry about where they sit in the in the in the order of, do you think Pele worries about it? Oh, Pelé I think Pele, I think for many years, Pele was forever saying that he was better than Maradona. Cruyff didn't seem to worry about it. No. Well, and, we didn't and, hear a lot from Cruyff, did there, we? There was a, if you get a chance to listen to, and I forgot the journo's name, a uh, fantastic soundbite, the three-minute interview on BBC Radio today. Yeah, I heard it this morning. It was yeah. fantastic. Check out at Four Diego's on Twitter. Because yeah, because yeah, we tweeted it out, out yeah. today, and it's must-listen-to radio, four minutes of a journo who knew Cruyff, 
talking just about... Just before he was diagnosed with his lung cancer. But knew him all his career yep. and, and also reported... He was the one uh, that you should listen to. He really talks about what, what he meant to the game and the fact that he didn't care what people thought of him. This will be a topic throughout the night, boys. Let's take a break now and come back with more of the final whistle on 1116 SEN, Melbourne's home of sport. On 1116 SEN, the Four Diegos. Yes, thanks for joining us. Uh, nearly news time, but uh, big night tonight. Melbourne victory defeated Western Sydney Wanderers uh, 2-0. Bazanich scored in the third and the 66th minute to uh, get himself a brace, boys. I never thought I'd use that word. I know. But, uh, at Amy Park in front of 20,097 people. Um, thanks for your call so far. We're on for another hour. Hey, and uh, Susie Butler, who's just uh, tweeted the Four Diego's, this week I got on the pitch tonight at the Tractor Dome. Uh, grass <laughs> looks good this week. She's a lovely photo there with uh, Lawrence Tom. Uh, well done, Susie. And um, Check it out at Four Diego's on Twitter. Absolutely, at Four Diego's. Uh, we'll come back after the news with all of your text messages. It is the Guts and Determination hotline on 9429 1116. We'd love to hear from you. Don't forget, if you want to eulogise um, the great Johan mm. Cruyff or, and talk about your favourite player, make sure you give us a call 9429 1116. We'll also talk about the Socceroos victory over Tajikistan. This is the Four Diego's final whistle. 1116 SEN, Melbourne's home of sport. On 1116 SEN, the Four Diego's. Barbarusis is in. Back heel, nobody there. I think that hit Finkler's hand. He fired, still going. Bosanic, there's a goal! Go figure indeed. It was 2-0 for Melbourne victory over Western Sydney Wanderers tonight. Uh, there you go, Ed White getting very excited. And um, Oli Bozanich scored in the third minute and the 66th minute at Amy Park in front of a pretty decent crowd of 20,097 on this Good Friday. Big, big win for Melbourne victory, consolidating or looking to consolidate their spot in the top six. Oh, they'll and, make uh, finals just now, opens they? it up. Just they'll opens make it up finals. Now at the They're top of the table. Guaranteed, aren't they, now, making finals? They should make it very now, worst. Warren. Warren, Rodrigo, Rodrigo with you. Um, Rodrigo who? Rodriguez <laughs> with you. Uh, Vinny Venezuela's not here tonight. Um, no, he's not. No, it's Consuela Venezuela's birthday, so happy birthday to her. But uh, Vinny will be back on Wednesday. He and, will uh, be. Uh, on Monday. Monday. What, what's going on? Are we back on Monday? Yes, we are. Prime game, time. Melbourne City and Wellington yep. Phoenix. Right. Yep. The final whistle. Okay. And I'm fine. sure there'll be a few Melbourne Victory fans who'll ring up and say that the only good thing about the City performance when they win 4-0 will be the fact that we only got 7,000 <laughs> people to the ground. But alas, and just in case you're wondering, Rodrigo, what is the, what is the, the current, current temperature? is 15.3 degrees. Oh, is it? Okay, there you go. So that's Thank you. positively balmy for... For um, April. It is. Thank you very much. It's not April yet, but uh, we're getting there. March. Um, the Good Friday Appeal is, uh, what is it at the moment, uh, Warren? You were involved. It's a lot. It's a lot. Rodrigo, 14,728,901.29. Don't Not quite sure how we get the 29 cents. Somebody's chucking in a few copper ones there just to um, <laughs> bump the total up a bit. But, uh, yeah, I, I contributed a little bit. Not me. No, I didn't. 
The people of Werribee, the Werribee CFA contributed about $79,000 of that it was awesome. to this afternoon, so or this morning and today and this afternoon, and it was a great vibe down at the station. If you're interested in the uh, T20 uh, World Cup that's happening in uh, India at the moment, uh, Australia, were after their 20 overs, were four for 193. Very, very good total there. Steve Smith, I, I think, scored a half century. And um, Shane Watson scored plenty in the final overs. And Pakistan, at the moment, are three for 87 of the 11th over. Shahid Afridi is now in, so boom, boom, could, uh, could either go out or or um, get Pakistan over the line here. Very, very interesting. We'll try and give you a couple scores right throughout the evening. But to the, tonight on nine four two nine eleven sixteen, Carlos, you um, you thought it was a gritty performance. Yeah, by it was Melbourne. great, and it's a guts and determination uh, guts and determination hotline. Difficult to say after eleven o'clock on a Friday. Good Friday appeal night. Uh, the the boys were fantastic in in effort and desire, and really wanted to get back on track. As I said earlier in the first hour, the hugs, the man hugs in the change room before looking looking at each other in the eye, like we do before every show. Oh yeah, yeah. And no. demanding the best from your teammate, yep. demanding the best from the coach, and vice versa. Uh, that's what the boys showed tonight. Uh, West Sydney Wanderers are a very, very good team. Big parts of the game where they possessed, out-possessed uh, victory, but victory defended like like mad dogs tonight, and they really hung on. And uh, Lawrence Thomas, kudos. He's listening to us right now. Yeah, no, no, uh, absolutely. Lawrence, kudos to you, mate, because uh, you've waited your turn. You've did a great sterling job at the end of last season for them to win trophies, uh, to win uh, the grand final and the Premier's Plate. He came into the side around about the same time. Uh, and did his job, uh, lost his spot to Danny Vukovic and regained it right now. Patience is a virtue for the kiddies out there. Wait your turn like Lawrence has and look at him. Double saves tonight. Could have been a triple save in one occasion. Uh, was very, very good for them. We came into the studio to watch the second half, of course, and I just love you know watching an old centre half watching another old centre-half <laughs> when he does something really well. All he does, he just goes, oh, 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 yeah. oh, oh, oh. Are so you referring Matthew to me? Del, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. You, you watching yeah. Del Pierre a couple of times. I saw just, a lot of myself in him, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I'll tell you what, you know, oh, people, oh, people oh, are oh, saying, oh, yeah, people are saying with Matthew Del Pierre that, uh, look, you know, he's getting old, you know, he doesn't, you know, he might not be able to go running around again. He, his pre-season next year should be. Just <laughs> anticipating where the ball will go. So, and when he pass, when he gets the ball, when he intercepts it, just to pass it five yards and just walk. That's your preseason, Matthew. <laughs> just do that time and time again because he is just absolute class. You know, he has not missed a game. People have said, "Oh, you're going to have to rest him between ACL games." He has not missed. He's one of these guys ever present through the whole ACL and all the. He's fronted up and he's just terrific tonight. Um, they defended really, really well tonight. I know people have been on uh, Lee Broxham's back, but I thought as a collective, their back four was terrific. Uh, Mahazi at different times had the ball at his feet and lost possession, but he fought like a lion to get it back. Uh, I just, and even Finkler and Costa Barbarisas came back. Ben Kalfala, I don't think he's ever, you know, Worked back the way he had tonight with such frenzy yeah, no, at they times. They worked back really well tonight. Yeah, Finkler did they, a couple of they times. They all lifted. They all played their part, and they got the important win. And Oli Bazanic, I know some people are sort of divided over Oli Bazanic, but he scored, scored the two important goals tonight, and again had a uh, a really, really uh, you know terrific game in that the effort he put in and the and the job he had to do tonight. Do you think Kevin might have gone back to coaching one hundred and one, a bit of? Uh, Eye of the Tiger Absolutely. in the rooms before the game. Cut up a bit of, cut up a bit of tape and put Pat, Pat Benatar underneath it, sort of thing. No, just I, I reckon, all fired I, I reckon up. he would have got because they'd won 
prior to tonight, they've won one out of eight, right? No Pat Benatar. Kevin Musker wouldn't be a Pat I, Benatar man. I, that's where... That's where I just think you unless, misread unless people. Unless Pedro on the panel gets a Pat Benatar one and fires All me up. fired up by Pat Benatar. <laughs> I can It'll tell come you on now, Kevin come on Musket, I've got no doubt, would be a Pat no, Benatar he, he, type after, of guy. After four wins out of 17 games prior tonight, one out of eight, uh, he would have been silent this week. And the silence would have been enough for the players to realise I need to I need a reaction this week. And all we saw, if you got the media monitors that you know the, the people who monitor the you know what what the media says, the word reaction and Kevin Musket, the, yeah. the, the name Kevin Musket and the word reaction in the same sentence, media monitors would have had that saturating Absolutely. their data it's this week. The, the the glare from the coach would have been enough tonight. Um Hey, uh, let, let's go to some of our text messages on 0433981116. Um, here's a couple. Here's one here. Not sure why people bag Bozanich when he's playing in a defensive midfield role rather than attacking midfield position. Go figure. Peter on the road. So have you, have you bagged um, Oli Bozanich? Uh, no, I haven't. He's he's just, look, I think Oli Bozanich is he's just a different player to Mark Milligan. He's not as... He's not as a director footballer as what Mark Milligan is. Mark Milligan gets forward, he gets back. Oli Bazanik is a bit more of a perpetual movement type guy who links well, but isn't ever going to be as decisive. I think I think the criticism of Bazanik has been fair at times, but in saying that, he hasn't had Carl Valeri there supporting him. And I think that's probably meant that maybe he's not been as a Attacking is what he would like. From day one, when they recruited Oli, I like that. Rec- I like that decision to recruit him, uh, and I thought he was probably, you know, victory. You know, the coaching staff and everyone out of victory were saying it wasn't a like for like for for Mark Milligan. But if it wasn't a like for like for Mark Milligan, where else were they going to get what Mark Milligan? Because you, if you lose someone like Mark Milligan, you've got to replace him. Yep. And if they got someone like an Oli Bazanich in. And he wasn't like for like. That's what they was coming out of the club. Well, where are they going to get the other facets of uh, Mark Milligan? Because it's not like they've recruited any other midfielders. No. They were relying on the Mahazis improving and the Macarunas is improving and these sort of players. Uh, you know, I suppose they, they relied on the fact that they would have Carl Valeri, but Carl was there when Mark Milligan was there too. So where were they going to get the other facets of Mark Milligan? Were they expecting Guy Finkler to improve? get better than he was. And he was pretty good towards the end of last season. So maybe, you know, maybe they, they were wanting more out of an Oli Bazanic than, than he was able to deliver. But tonight he got the two goals, which yep. is great. And uh, and hopefully that might sort of, you know... Remind uh, him that he can score. He I can mean, score you know. and, and he can be an attacking force. Um, and and maybe that could improve and maybe he get, gets himself in the more, you know, uh, forward positions in the game's up to the finals and then and beyond. You'd hope so. There's been a uh, there's been a bit of stuff around. Obviously, you mentioned at the start, Lawrence Thomas had a had a good night, uh, Carlos. But um, but Danny Vukovic, um, there's a couple of uh, text messages saying that uh, it's over. It's over for Danny Vukovic at victory. Is it's, it? I it's, mean, no, surely it's, it's not. not. It's not over at all. It's you know. But Dan- so so last week he wasn't. Clearly, he, it wasn't just a one-week thing, obviously. He wasn't, you know, um, Kevin Musket obviously mm. thought there needed to be a change. And, um, you know, so this is Lawrence Thomas's position to lose now. Well, it's interesting. When Kevin Musket was asked about it, he said, I didn't drop Danny Vukovic. I just wanted to give Lawrence Thomas a go. Now, if, a, if you've got a guy training down the house and the number one keeper has his, you know, has his moments and it keeps on having his moments... 
Uh, not saying Danny Vukovic was playing poorly, but in, in the game against Brisbane, he, he pulled off seven saves in a 5-0 loss. So there could be an argument that he actually saved that, that scoreline from even getting worse. So, uh, And there have been games when he's been terrific, uh, but he has had his moments. And with Lawrence Thomas obviously training the house down and the team not going so well, sometimes a shake-up. And there's injustices everywhere. Danny may have thought it was unjust, unjust for him to be dropped, but... Lawrence has come in, played solid last week, and today he was terrific. He was terrific. But it's not over for Danny Vukovic, no, not after two games. No, no. Kane in Frankston cannot underestimate the distribution of Thomas tonight. Pinpoint passes means the defence is not on the back foot. Vukovic will struggle to get back in the team. It's, it's actually interesting, isn't it, Warren, though? Danny Vukovic, who's had, I think, what, he's played 250 games, has he? Yep. Or something like that? Yep. He's played for three clubs. Really, lauded as one of the best keepers in the oh, A-League. Last year, I thought he was almost the best keeper in the competition. Yeah, absolutely. And he comes to victory, a, a, a great environment, fantastic support, uh, a player who's got experience and just doesn't settle to the level he was at at Perth Glory. You know, one thing though, Carlos, in general, coaches in the A-League are far quicker or are prepared to make a change to a goalkeeper. I look at... You reckon? I do. I mean, there's two this season that are starting, starting goalkeepers that aren't currently playing. There's my, there's my man at... Western Sydney Wanderers. But, but look, with all due disrespect, <laughs> no, no. Well, Andrew Redmayne, uh, you're talking about Redmayne yeah, yeah. and Reddy. And they, when Reddy came to the club, when they recruited him mid-season... After his the, discipline issues at Central the, the, Coast. The, I felt that Andrew Redmayne's days were numbered, even though he was in career best form. Yep. It was always going to happen. Andrew Redmayne, unfortunately, is a second string keeper. That's all he'll be. And, uh, and unfortunately, he's just not composed enough. He has... He's been ter- he was terrific for West Sydney Wanderers for a long time this season, but he is prone to making you know, you know ill judgments at different times I, in the I, game. As much as Lawrence, even though Thomas, I'm not a big fan of Reddy either. No, no. As much as Lawrence Thomas has been really good, I look. I would say that if I crystal balled, I would still favour Danny Vukovic to be the starting keeper at Victory for the start of next season. You know, as much as Lawrence Thomas is there, but Danny Vukovic has got to re. You know, regain his what form. he did at Perth. Yes, he has. Yes, dude. Yeah. There's a lot of rumours that uh, Sydney FC are into uh, Lawrence Thomas um, as a second yeah. keeper. Well, yeah, well, why would he go there? Yeah, exactly. Well, why wouldn't he? Yenjenovic is really... No, Yenjenovic has actually been given a, an extension of two years to his contract. So he's clearly a number one, except for the howler he had <laughs> against Cedric Coase the other week, uh, which is incredible, really. I mean, that that's just unforgivable what happened there. Uh, and will you know, cost them. It will too. cost them heavily, and it should never have happened. But you know, he was given a two-year extension to his contract in that week. So um, I don't know why Lawrence Thomas would want to go to Sydney when he will be second string. He's from there, but um, but yeah, 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 interesting. So we talked earlier uh, in the first hour, of course, the with Guy Finkler and uh, Costa Barbarousas off to Wellington Phoenix. Mm. Um, look, it kind of released the shackles a bit. Obviously, Guy, you know, was doing something. Obviously, Costa, we all knew that he was going. Firstly, what do you think about players nom- telling us where they're going um, or telling the club where they're going mid-season? Do you have an issue with that? I don't, I don't have an issue with that if, we're all, if we all grow up and accept that that's a situation. Whether that translate into, translates into players I don't know, not going as hard for yeah. the rest of the season, not being focused, maybe having their head turned and thinking of other things, or whether that switches on on and doing you know, to get back and actually giving something to the club before they go. I thought Finkler, his work off the ball tonight defensively 
was as good as I'd seen. He was chasing back in penalty box, chasing West Indy Wanderers players, getting tackles in. Uh, There's a little bit of uh, remonstration every now and again. He was in the melees too. And so that shows me that he wants to give, you know, for the rest of this season. Um, You'd hope so, Carlos. And, and also from the callers tonight when I did throw it around and other people I've spoken to, there's not a, there's not a lot of, um, what do you call it? There's not a lot of disappointment if he does go. He's been great for them, but they feel that someone else can come in and do what he's been doing. And I know you don't like talking about this sport, Rodrigo, but in rugby league, I don't think there is any evidence to suggest. And some players are choosing different clubs within the first half a dozen games of a season. And they're still able to play and at times play in premiership winning teams before they move to another club. So, But who do you support in the rugby league? Um, I'm a Dragons fan. You're a dra- so yeah. if, if, who's, a, who's a great player for the Dragons? Trent Merrin, who's okay. playing for the Panthers okay. oh, now. If Trent, course, if yeah. Trent comes mm-hmm. yep. out no, well. in the first six games... He did. And he says, I'm going to go. Yep, he he's, he's already said it, has he? No, he's left last season. Yeah, he but did that. he's doing it for your club now. He did it for St. George, my club, last season, okay. saying that he was going to go to Penrith. And how did you feel there. about that as a fan? Well, you're disappointed, but then he turns up every week. He turns up and plays every week, did he? Know. He did, absolutely. I've got no, I got no issues with that. It's the lot. Hey... And it's a two-way obligation here. Victory, <laughs> sign him. He's not going anywhere. Uh, 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 they don't sign him. He's finding another place for his family. So you won't get no an ar- problem. You won't get an argument from me. You won't get an argument about this idea of loyalty. You're loyal while you're playing for that club. Every minute, every game you play, every training session, you're loyal to that club. But the minute that, that contract is over, you can walk away, and I'm happy with that. But the issue is... It's all about emotion, Warren. Everyone well, he seemed to be more emotional after exactly signing. Right. Hey, uh, we've got Dave who's on the road, uh, wants to have a chat to the Diegos. G'day, Dave, and welcome to the Four Diego's final whistle. G'day, boys. Uh, Dave Davutovich. <laughs> oh, right. Yes, yeah, so, <laughs> sorry. Dave. I thought Davutovich might have been your suburb. But, um, <laughs> how are you, Dave? Uh, going well, lads. I, uh, I've been threatening to call you in. You have. I, uh, I love listening to Finey late at night. But, uh, <laughs> it's, it's beautiful listening to football. Uh, driving home uh, afterwards, and especially your uh, your Belford tones. Dave, can I just say, it's Carlos, mate. I just want to ask you a question about the whole... Uh, we're having a bit of a debate in the studio about the Guy Finkler, Costa Barbarossas, the announcement that they will be leaving to go to Phoenix. It's such an important time for victory right now. Uh, they're, they're trying to desperately come out of this slump. They performed relatively well tonight. They got the points. They're going into a final series, hopefully, for them. What, what I mean, you, you know the players. You know them intimately, Dave. You're in that change room. You're showering with them. You're doing all... <laughs> mate, what, what's happening in that change room? What, what effect, what impact will these announcements have on those players in that change room? Look, it, it has a little bit of an effect, I think, short term, but... Once the dust settles, I don't think it has a massive effect. If anything, I think it's more dangerous to try and, uh, you know, keep a lid on these things. As much as, uh, you know, as a journalist, I uh, probably prefer they don't um, release them and it gives us a bit more, uh, you know, a bit more, a few more stories to chase and, uh, and dig up, I guess. But um, I think, you know, if, if deals are done, it's just fraught with danger if you try and... Um, try and hide them and, and, and sweep them under the carpet because, you know, players talk, agents talk, it eventually gets out. So, um, you know, I, I think it's just part and parcel of the game. You look overseas, it happens quite a bit, so I, I don't have too many issues with it. Dave, on and the... Perf- anything, 
sorry, just to add, if anything, I mean, it, it raises the expectation of, of the fans. I mean, if Costa Barbarossa and Keith Pinkle now, if they don't play well, you know, the fans are going to turn on them a lot more quickly than they would otherwise. Dave, where do you sit on tonight's performance? Are they back or making their way back? And how do you think on tonight's performance they'd go if the finals were next week, say? Well, they're Jekyll and Hyde, aren't they? Tonight they were uh, they were very, very good. That was as good as we've seen from, from victory this season. Um, I, I like the fact that Bazanich was played in a more advanced role, which was, I think, the idea of, of signing him at the start of the season to play a little bit more advanced than what Milligan um, did last season and to have Valeri patrolling the midfield. But, you know, I thought it was quite significant tonight with Bazanic scoring too, of course. He's only scored one this season. And you had Valeri warming up with the team. Um, and uh, my mail is that he will be going to Wellington next week. I very much doubt he'll start because he's been out for so long. And they can obviously tread um, warily with him with, you know, the, the um, inflammatory brain uh, condition that he had. But, uh, look, he will obviously play a part. Um, in the run home and having those two reunite in midfield I think you, you, you couldn't rule anything out with Melbourne victory because this is their A team, this is the team that was dominating at the start of the season um, and it just sort of went pear-shaped after Valeri went down and you know, I think he's just such an important player for them. Dave, uh, Lawrence Thomas of course uh, was uh, you know promoted to the first team uh, last week and had a solid game and and uh, at the time you were at the press conference, you've talked to Muskie about this, and he's talked about not dropping, uh, I'm not sure where the difference, but uh, not dropping Danny Vukovic, but just promoting Lawrence Thomas because it was time to promote him. Uh, he had a fantastic game tonight. I thought he was really solid, very calm and composed, almost slowed the team down when it needed to be slowed down, calmed them down nicely. Is this the end of the season for Danny Vukovic? Can you see him fighting his way back into the team with Lawrence Thomas now performing quite well in two games? Well, it's out of Booker's hands now. It's, it's Lawrence Thomas's to lose after his last two performances, particularly tonight. Um, you know, and I, I remember that fantastic double save that he made off Nichols and then Vitasic and, and the way he sort of raced off his line to, uh, to, to close the angle um, for Vitasic was fantastic and uh, he was just very commanding and I looked at Bessart Barisha after that double save and he was amped, he was clapping and, and you know, it really revved the team up so, um, you know, Thomas's inclusion has been, you know, pretty significant. Um, I thought, I mean, Booker's last few weeks weren't that bad although, you know, he hasn't had a great season and, you know, probably at any stage during, uh, you know, the midway mark, even a little bit earlier, I don't think we would have been too surprised to see um, that change occur, but um, Thomas has been immense. And I remember a couple of years ago when Thomas was playing, I think under Postecoglou, he looked really nervy. But mm. when he came in last year for Co um, in the finals, he didn't put a foot wrong, and he hasn't put a foot wrong um, in the last couple of weeks. And he did the press conference during the week, which I attended, and he's very, very confident. So um, I, I can't see him losing his spot, to be honest. Mm. Dave, the the finals, with Western Sydney Wanderers dominating possession typically but struggling to score goals. Brisbane inconsistent. Away from home, at home, they have goals scored against them most games. We know Melbourne City are going to score, but they've normally conceded. It's, it's perhaps the most open finals that we're going to have with Perth coming through you know, on the rails and being a dominant team and having two really good goal-scoring options. 
Can you see it being absolutely open and, and teams out of the top couple still being able to win the title this year? Oh, absolutely, boys. I mean, we just touched on Melbourne victory. And, you know, if, if everything goes right for them, even if they finish fifth or sixth, I mean, who would want to play them in the finals? You know, they're, they're coming in as the underdogs. They've got the big game experience. Um, you know, on their night as they displayed tonight, you know, they can still beat anyone. Um, you know, the Wanderers, that was a little bit uncharacteristic, especially uh, as Tony Popovich said after uh, after 2-0, they just sort of, they were really flat. Um, but, you know, they'll still be there or thereabouts come, come finals time. I mean, you know, Brisbane were unbelievable against victory and then fairly poor, I guess, against Melbourne City. So... It's all over the place, isn't it? I mean, Senate's <laughs> glory are coming. Um, you know, they're just your typical... I mean, Kenny Lowe was a good player in England's lower leagues, and, and they just epitomise a, a sort of championship league one club, don't they? They sort of... You know, they know how to uh, roll the sleeves up and, 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 you know, get those sort of gritty wins. Um, they've got a bit of stardust up front with Keogh and... Uh, and um, and Castro, and I mean, they're back for particularly their stoppers with, you know, Dick Jorbich who's just come back, and uh, Lowry, who's been fantastic, and Grant, they're just big, you know, big lumps up the, uh, in defence, so, you, you know, the strikers just don't want to come up against them. Um, Adelaide's been going OK. I mean, it's, it's honestly anyone, isn't it? it I mean, is, yeah. Warren just wanted you to say City were going to win. But, um... <laughs> <laughs> now, Dave... Well, Dave, just before we let you go, mate, uh, of course, the sad news overnight that Johan Cruyff passed away after a long uh, battle with uh, a cancer. And, uh, and you know, obviously, there's a lot of tributes uh, in social media, in the media today. And uh, everyone sort of uh, remembers him very, di- not differently, everyone knows he's a legend, but how he sort of touched different people in different ways. Um, now, you're, you're a young gun journey. You, you've sort of been around, done a lot of work, but you're still pretty young. Do, what do you remember of uh, Johan Cruyff? And another argument that was sort of coming up on the text machine today was where did he stand in the, in the greats? Was he the greatest or, or, uh, or you know, or he, was his impact more off the field in the way we should be playing the game? Yeah, it's a really interesting one. I mean, my first memories of Cruyff were when he was coaching Barcelona in the early 90s. Um, I vaguely remember him having a, a you know, a, sort of a trench coat and a cigarette. Yeah, that's he was right. very stylish on the uh, on the sidelines, and uh, you know that fantastic Barcelona team with Stoichkov and uh, and Romario and these sorts of players. Uh, you know, he was uh, he was I guess they had such a massive influence over there. Um, but obviously, you know, as time's uh, worn on, I've you know read and, and um, you know seen a lot of documentaries and whatnot about his influence. I mean. You know, as a player, he was just fantastic with that cry of turn and, and, and whatnot. And uh, and then, obviously, he went over to... Uh, he had a, a massive impact on, on the Dutch team and Ajax and went over to Barcelona with Renus Michels, uh, the, the famous coach. And, uh, you know, they brought total football over to Barcelona. And then, obviously, as a coach, he had a profound impact as well. So, look, in terms of a player, I, I think, you know, he's certainly among the, the, the top five uh, greats. But... In terms of the whole package and the influence he's had on the game, I think he's number one because, you know, he did it as a player and, and you know, most certainly did it as a coach. And, uh, you know, he's had a huge influence on, on Bloody Older and, uh, you know, a number of these coaches. Even John Van Skip over here, I'd love to, you know, hear from him because they were pretty tight. And, uh, and Jesper Olsen too, mate. Yeah, absolutely. Well, they did the famous penalty, didn't they? That's the right, yeah. Yep. The cheeky little uh, dink which... Um, 
which uh, Messi and Suarez replicated the other week. And it's interesting, a uh, few people saying that uh, they, they perhaps knew that uh, that Johan's time might have been up and that might have been a tribute to him. So, uh, mm. look, it was just immense and obviously, you know, wants the game to be played in the right way. So, um, you know, some of his quotes, I mean, he was never, uh, he was never uh, scared to... Uh, to have a crack, was he, and, uh, and had a real crack at the Dutch uh, team that made the World Cup final in 2010, for, for instance. But, um, yeah, in terms of the whole influence, I mean, he's got to be number one, I would have thought. It, yeah, no, absolutely. It's been great seeing um, the eulogising of the great Johan Cruyff. Mate, hey, um, Dave, you said you'd call us, and you did, and, and <laughs> mate, we really appreciate you, and, you know, it ended up being a, a long interview. So welcome, and thanks for joining the uh, For Diego's final. Listen, keep doing your stuff with the Herald Sun. Absolute pleasure, boys. And just a little little known fact about uh, Cruyff: the reason that uh, Luka Modric for Croatia wears the number fourteen, he actually looks like a Cruyff. He does. And, uh, a few of his moves are uh, very Cruyff-esque. <laughs> there Fantastic. You go. All right, Dave. Thanks for thanks for that, and we'll uh, talk to you again soon. Good on you, boys. No worries at all. There's David Davutovic, the uh, chief football writer for the Herald Sun. Let's take a break now. Just loves talking football. He does like us all, uh, and uh, come back with more of the final whistle on eleven sixteen SEN Melbourne Home Sport. In the language of soccer, resign is a code word meaning the coach was given a choice of quitting, being fired, or having the fans blow up his house. To all you coaches out there, happy coaching. We are the Four Diego's. On 1116 SEN, the Four Diego's. Some might argue a, a better Pat Benatar song there, uh, Warren Diego. Hit me with your best shot. She was a quality all-round performer, <laughs> Rodrigo. And she was a oh, young man. She was the world man's... equivalent of Chrissy Amphlett. Really? Oh, well. Yeah, no, she, no, no. No one came close to Chrissy. Gritty. Oh, Chrissy Hines from not, Pretenders did. No, no, no. <laughs> she not, came well, very close. <laughs> For yeah, me, anyway. But anyway uh, a yeah. young man's uh, dream, those Pat Benatar yeah. was, you know, one of the rock chicks from, you know, yeah, from the Absolutely. 80s, she was sort of like mm. the 80s version of Susie Quattro who had come in the 70s, I would have yeah. thought. There mm. you go, Warren, with a bit of... Uh, Lee Simon would be proud of you here if, if he's listening. Well, we did, we did once have a relationship with Lee Simon. <laughs> oh, okay, we'll just leave that alone, okay? Kevin I know Hillier. it's 10 to midnight. Anyway, yeah. um, Melbourne Victory defeated Western Sydney Wanderers. If you just uh, just got in your car or just listening yeah. to the Diego's 2-0 tonight, Bazanich scored twice in the third and the 66th minute. 20,097 people turned up to... Uh, to Amy Park. Hey, the Good Friday appeal has gone mm. up to sixteen million. Fantastic. Eight hundred and ninety three thousand five hundred and fifty. Well they get there but it's a it's a midnight the cut off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're still counting money. If, you know what, Carlos? They'll counting... break the record if you dip into your pocket. Uh, I've given. Given? I've given. And Australia, Rodrigo, what yeah. have they just done? Australia have just defeated Pakistan by twenty one runs in the T uh, twenty World Cup group stage and uh they they have to um, beat, beat whoever wins in between their... India and Australia all qualify yeah. with New Zealand. There you go. Was I saying it too slowly? Um, <laughs> last night, <laughs> I must have been. I must have been. <laughs> last night, Australia now, defeated Rodrigo? Tajikistan, uh, the control room. They understand good radio. 7 uh, 0. Um, yep. It was a, a shellacking. What did you say? Carlos trounced. It was they enter- humbled them. It was, no, it was, it was entertaining. It was entertaining because of the way the Australians played. And can I say. The two favourite players. That your your favourite. Oh. That Tommy Rogic. Yes. No, that my favourite player, Aaron Moy. Yes, I was going to ask you about Aaron give Moy. Give it to Moy because he'll then give it to Rogic who will score. And that's really 
what it is, Carlos. It's not Rogic to Moy. It's give it to Moy, and then he passes it on to Tommy Rogic. Mind you, that may have been the fastest hat trick in world football <laughs> yeah. if he hadn't hit the bar. Because he came on in about the 61st yeah, minute. How about, how about, I like to look at the technique. You know, I think the first goal where is he, he you know, there's a, uh, a an opposition player closing him down, but he opens up his body, lets the ball run to his right foot. Everyone in the world is waiting for him to strike the ball with his right foot from outside the area, but decides, no, I'm going to strike it with the inside, the outside, outside of my left foot and curve it around the hapless keeper. <laughs> and it was just absolute <laughs> class. Now, I don't know whether he felt that was just the entertainment factor. Uh, oh, or I whether that's just instinct, Carl. Yeah, if that was instinct, that's yeah. unbelievable. Yeah. That's oh. un- if it was just some players would just do it just to entertain the crowd. Yeah, no, no. But I... if that was instinct, unbelievable. He just floats on the ground. I tell you what, he, he rivals in, in potential only. In poten- he yeah, rivals. Don't, let's not get no, too carried away. I've not been, I've not been wrong. Well, you haven't. Well, I, I've not been <laughs> wrong. What, tonight or ever? over the last 24 have, years? The only time I've been wrong ever is that I miscalculated, misjudged the crowd, the crowd of yeah. Liverpool, Melbourne. Mm, what did you say? It's 45, in 24 years <laughs> 24 of media years. reporting, that's the only time I've been wrong. I don't want to blow my own trumpet, but that's the only oh, no, time I've been really, wrong. Okay? Really Can I wrong. say this, Let me though? just say about to- Tommy Rogic. If he stays healthy... If he stays healthy, Don't be wrong. his potential <laughs> is that he would be up with the two best technical players we've ever produced, I believe. Technical. Who are? Ned Zelich, Paul Ocon. He's up there with them. And again, Paul Ocon, he could have been our greatest ever player if he didn't have problems with his body. But uh, Tommy Rogic is up there with them. Now, whether he achieves what, say, a Harry Kuhl has or, uh, or you know, even the Craig Johnston, these guys who win things with big clubs, it'll depend on his moves. But the way he's playing, the goal he scored for Celtic on the weekend, oh. uh, the way he moves and plays, we see if he can get some continuity in his game and his body stays right, he could be anything. Now, he's not a Johan Cruyff either, Aaron Moy, but he is the exponent of that little turn off the shoulder of players. I, Aaron Moy, to me, is the best footballer I have seen for Australia since yeah. quickly, the last golden since, since the gold. <laughs> well, you know what, Rodrigo? You told me I was going too fast. <laughs> and now you're saying I'm going too slow. Our listeners were just oh, hanging just on to, to every be, word. Look, unlike so, Carlos, wait, wait, I'm trying to be credible in my... Since in my Sorry, you, you didn't finish it. Oh, the, the best, best player, player is a bit is the best player since... Since... The Australian team that lined up in the World Cup game against Japan. Right. Sorry, which game's that? Two World Cups ago, Germany. Since it, the Germany World Cup. So you, we've not had no. I think a he's the best player as... since the Golden Generation. Yeah, I do. No, no way. No. Yeah, way. I do. He's a good he, player. He's very he's good, good last night. No, he's the yeah. best player. He's a good player, but it's hardly look. Okay, you make a call, Rodrigo. How many <laughs> games has he what, played? Ten games for Australia. Is that, is that what he's played? Ten games for Australia? Yeah, probably. Hey, how can you say that, Warren? How many has Tommy Rogic played for Australia? He's played more games than Aaron Moy. Twelve. He's played more games okay, than Aaron Moy. Thirteen, I'm, actually. I'm talking, he's played thirteen. And by the way, yeah, I've, okay, no I've, worries. I've, I've not said... Stats man there. Hang on, I've not said that 
that Tommy Moyes is a better player than Rogic. I've not, I've not said that Rogic <laughs> is better than anyone. I've just said potentially. No, I'm telling if you, if his body stays okay and he gets the right moves in club football, he could be up there. You haven't. I the, have. With the best technical players we've ever produced, that's in Ned Zalich and Paul Ocon. You've said you Moyes is have definitely had. the best player. Moyes better than Rogic. That's garbage. That's garbage. It's not garbage. It's garbage. It's garbage. Anyway, um, good question here. Does Jordan, temporarily coached by Harry Redknapp, pose any threat to the Socceroos in the World Cup qualifier, James at Caulfield, which happens on Tuesday night at uh, in Sydney? Well, Warren, it's a cup tie. It's an FA Cup tie. If if Jordan wins... Not when there's two results that suit Australia. Oh, no, I don't think it's a cup you're tie. You're absolutely right there. But it's, it's on the night, and we could lose that. And it's on the night. It's against a team you're likely to play against. There's a memory there. The only game we lost, it was 2-0, and they... They beat us comprehensively. Now, Ange could say he wanted to blood a few guys and he wanted to see whether they had the steel to play in difficult places because that will definitely happen. So I think Australia has to be dominant in a performance against Jordan because... they will. I think they will be. Jordan win the game, it'll be on the counter-attack goal and defend like lines. That's the only way they're going to win the game. But it's quite possible that that can happen. With Harry as well. No, Harry, he's, he's been there for five minutes, Warren. <laughs> what effect is Harry going to have on him? Really? Oh, well, anyway. Harry's the great puppet master of world football. <laughs> Looking forward to that one. It's happening on Tuesday. Australia take on Jordan Allion Stadium in Sydney. Um, Warren, that is complete and utter <laughs> drivel. Thank you. That's Thank Johnny that? Port Melbourne. Let's take a Who? break down and, take, and then talk more about uh, the world on. game on 1116 SEN, Melbourne's home of sport.